All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live, non-stop Leafs talk starts now. All right, presented by PointsBet Canada and Montana's. It is the Monday edition of Leafs Morning Take. As you can see, Nick Alberga flying solo once again. Jay Rosehill will be back in the saddle tomorrow. Number one, we have to get his review of Las Vegas State at the Aria this past weekend, and I'm sure ripped it up with his buddies. So Jay Rosehill coming back tomorrow. No three hits with Rosie today either. And there's a lot to uncover from this past weekend. I was texting back and forth with Jay. I'm like, dude, they fucking did it again. They lost to an American Hockey League team. It's like the same old story for this Maple Leafs team. And don't worry, we'll get into it. Should reference as well in about eight minutes from now, my buddy, co-host of the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast with yours truly, Pete Jensen of NHL Fantasy. He's Mr. Fantasy with the NHL. We'll drop by in about 10 minutes from now. And he's also a big New York Islanders fan. It's another John Tavares revenge game. If you can believe it, it'll be the five-year anniversary coming up this uh, this summer of John Tavares uh, leaving Long Island for greener pastures, I like to call it, and signing with his uh, hometown Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, so we'll get into the whole John Tavares story. I want to take the uh, fantasy perspective as well with Pete when it comes to the Maple Leafs, the betting perspective, how to tackle the Leafs in the second half. Obviously, they've been red hot for the majority of the first half of the season. And how Pete really views the Toronto Maple Leafs here. Do they have a potential shot of winning a playoff series? Can they win the Stanley Cup? We'll ask all those questions coming up uh, with Pete Jensen once again of NHL.com. NHL Fantasy in about 10 minutes from now. Remember to subscribe, tap that like button, leave us a review wherever you're checking us out. And don't forget to visit theleafsnation.com for the very latest in all things Toronto Maple Leafs. 
thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns, drop us a line in the chat down below here on YouTube. And if you got a word on, again, I, I'm still trying to decompress and dissect what the hell that was on Saturday. And everybody's like, oh, Samuel Montembeau. Give me a break. Give me a break when it comes to Samuel Montembeau. Let's get over the boards. Yeah, so I've alluded to it already, but uh, still a sour taste to my mouth from the weekend. And it wasn't the tequila I drank on Friday, by the way. It was a 3-2 loss to the Montreal Canadiens, who announced earlier on Saturday that Cole Caulfield would be done for the season with a shoulder issue. And then they still came out missing, I think, seven regulars, could have been more. And Rem Pitlick, your boy, Rem Pitlick, scores the OT winner. And Montreal shocks the world like they do all the time in the last three, four years against the Leafs. They beat them. As I always say, and I told Rosie on this uh, on last week's show, there was no value in betting on Toronto. The only play was the Montreal puck line at the very least to keep the game close. And they end up winning. So if you took Montreal outright, congratulations to you. As I said on social after the game, um, this game had no bearing at all on the regular season. But it's just more... A disconcerting loss, in my opinion. You lose to the Montreal Canadiens. Number one, it's a rival in Hockey Day in Canada. So all eyeballs on your screen to watch this game. And number two, such a depleted roster. I just, Raphael Harvey Pennard. Yeah, some dude was shadowing Austin Matthews. And they dominated the Matthews line all night long. Like, it was a concerning, concerning night for me. But the Leafs had a really good first period. Pretty decent third period. They no-showed in the second period, which was the ironic part for me. Because the numbers were... We're startling going into the game. Toronto plus 26 in the second period. The uh, uh, Montreal Canadiens minus 26. And lo and behold, it's Montreal who scores two goals. Because it seemed the way after the first period, it was like, this game's done. Say two en France. It was like Toronto's going to cakewalk. They're going to win this game by four or five goals. And that's it. That's all. Could be a night for Bobby McMahon to score his first NHL goal. Could be a night for Morgan Riley to score his first of the season. And I don't know what Martin St. Louis said in that locker room. It, he probably didn't utter the words Connor Bedard because Montreal came with guns a-blazing in the second period. And I, I, I left that game befuddled as to how that transpired. But I think a positive note I would grab is that Ilya Samsonov, who, by the way, was just confirmed as a starter again for tonight's game, which, which makes the most sense. I think you keep running with him. I thought it was fantastic. If it weren't for Ilya Samsonov, which is scary to say, it probably was like a 6-2 game for Montreal. Granted, you could probably say the same thing about Samuel Montebo, some of the saves he made in the first period and specifically in the third period. I get it. Uh, but I thought Samsonov was really, really locked in. I just left that game trying to wonder, trying to figure out how the hell that happened again, where we've seen that 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 comedy show, if you want to call it that, earlier in the season. We saw it at nauseum in the month of October. It's like the Jekyll and Hyde game. They make they make pedestrian goalies look like Patrick Waugh. And I, I that's that's how I felt they played. The other night against Samuel Montembeau, who's been bouncing around the league for the last couple of years, yet he still finds a way to notch a victory here against Toronto Maple Leafs. And then the other funny thing was Josh Anderson. I think from a betting point of view, I've come to the realization in terms, and it's been a couple of games in a row, every time the Leafs and Habs play, put money in a Josh Anderson point or any time goal. It hit again the other night. He got the uh, promotion to the top line with Caulfield out, Pitlick on that line too, and I thought they were dominant. Again, which is scary to say because you look at Toronto's top six, I don't think they had their best game. Although, again, some opportunities in the first, some opportunities in the third, but you can't have some guy named Raphael Har Harvey Pennard. I can't even say his name, um, you know, dominating the way he did the other night. Like, it, it was a glorified American Hockey League roster. And I did my best to think about what to do on this show. 
not to have the whole skies falling approach. And I don't, I just, it's therapeutic for me to decompress. And I wish Jay Rosa was here, but I will pull him on this coming up tomorrow. What you take from a game like that when you lose to an inferior opponent. And that's well before, well under inferior. Like I look at those Arizona losses and I say, those are nothing to losing to this Montreal Canadiens team who A, wants no business in winning, but they're still going to give you their best effort. And B, we're missing half their roster and they still won. So a troublesome situation. Does it mean much in the grand scheme of 82 games? Probably not. The Leafs are still going to the Stanley Cup playoffs. They're still playing the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round. So I digress. I just had to get that. Had to get it out of my system because it's been stewing and brewing for like the last couple of days leading up to this show here on this Monday. So a 3-2 OT win. I, another positive I guess you can grab is that they got a point. So they uh, created a bit more distance in the standings between second and third, them and Tampa. Tampa lost over the weekend to the Calgary Flames. So I'm taking some positivity on the show. And again, if you want to chime in via the chat here on YouTube, you can do so as well. Your thoughts on that game, my overreacting, uh, am I underreacting, deadline conversation, all is welcome in the YouTube chat here. And then we move forward to the uh, John Tavares revenge game. I mentioned it, the 10th time in his career he'll take on his former mates. A lot was made back in the day of what transpired, leaves Long Island, signs of the Toronto Maple Leafs. But the intriguing part about this whole conversation leading into this game is that the Islanders are in a bad way right now. Um, in fact, there were fire Lou chants at UBS Arena on Saturday night. Of course, Lou Lamorello, former GM of the Leafs, now with the Islanders. And Islanders fans have been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for this guy to add a bona fide top six winger and stud, and he hasn't done so. Ilya Sorokin's been a great story. He's starting tonight once again for the Islanders, certainly involved in the Vesna conversation. Uh, but that's the intrigue for me. It's not so much John Tavares anymore. It's a chance that he has a chance to bury his former team, who are, by the way, three points out of a playoff spot going into tonight's meeting uh, with the Maple Leafs. And uh, if you do recall, the last meeting between these two teams happened back on November 21st, and that was the game Morgan Riley had that awkward collision with Kyle Palmieri, injured his knee, and pretty much has not been the same player ever since. So um, a sidebar storyline in this game, you look at the Islanders, 23-20-5, and 28-11-8 are the Toronto Maple Leafs. And again, also of note is the start of a five stand here for the Maple Leafs. Um, and, and, and intriguing too, because they're not going to play a road game for like three weeks because after this, it's the uh, all-star break and sunrise. And then after that, the Leafs have like a bye week. Uh, if I was reading the schedule correctly, which sometimes I am incorrect, they have they don't have a game till after All-Star break till the Friday, which tells you all you need to know about the fact that they're not going to get some road cooking for a while. It's all going to be about the, about the home barn. And we, we talked about that going into the month of January, how it was going to be a lot of home games for the Leafs. It's a lot of, you got you got to take advantage of it now. And they have, right? 17-3-4 and four, um, at Scotiabank Arena. You look at the upcoming five-game homestand, the Islanders and New York Rangers, the Ottawa Senators, a game uh, Rosie and I will be at on Friday in the alumni box. That should be a lot of fun. They got Washington on Sunday and the Boston Bruins uh, on the Wednesday previous to uh, All-Star Weekend. So all in all, a pretty decent slate. I think more times than not, you would like games on home ice and certainly the Leafs. It's one thing to have those games. It's another to take care of business. And then on the contrary, too, you can't forget you have all these home games. The pendulum will flip the other way, and they're going to have a lot of road games. So might as well rack up the points when you can. And I mentioned this last week, Ilya Samsonov and his startling numbers on home ice. That's you know part of the reason I would roll with this guy, quite frankly, is his splits. He is incredible on home ice and so-so on the road, which I think is really, really fascinating when you move forward. And 
I think if you were to ask me right now who starts game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs, it's probably Ilya Samsonov. Could that conversation change next week? Very, very likely. But the fascination, the fact that Samsonov has these unbelievable numbers on home ice, and then conversely, you look at what he does on the road, not the same type of conversation. I, I'm not saying it would ever get to that point in the Stanley Cup playoffs where they're like, okay, hey, we're going to start one guy here because it's at home ice and the other one on the road. I can't see that, but at the very least, uh, I want to see you know how things shape up in a couple months in terms of the goaltending conversation because, again, Matt Murray has really, really struggled um, as of late. So certainly uh, a lot of topics of conversation. I'll get to some other things later on. Dryden Hunt put on waivers. Pontus Holmberg recalled, so it looks like Holmberg will make his uh, his uh, much-anticipated return to the Maple Leafs lineup. I know a lot of Leafs fans were up in arms last week when it came to Holmberg and it's like, why is he in the American Hockey League? He was getting a bit of seasoning. He was coming off a flu bug as well. So uh, all in all, I think there's some major league intrigue around this game. I know it's a, a small slate in the NHL on this Monday, but I always look forward to uh, John Tavares' revenge game, although I think that is the sidebar story in this game. At which point, I think we're ready to bring in today's guest. And I should mention as well, it's presented by Mont's Half Price Chicken Wings today at Montana's. You got to check that out. Uh, I think, it, you know, that, that can't be beat, in my opinion, when you look at Montana's and what they bring to the table here. So I'm so happy to bring in uh, Pete Jensen of NHL Fantasy, who I'm sure some chicken wings, and we don't have him just yet, I believe. But uh, you can't go wrong with the chicken wings, as you see on the screen. And as we all know, Montana's is bringing back the viewing party with daily deals in 2023. Um, you know, it should be fascinating on many fronts when you look at this Leafs and Islanders game. And all week long, they got some deals. I talked about the drink specials, all you can eat ribs. That's a lot of fun. So make sure to subscribe to the Nation Network YouTube page, also the Leafs Nation Twitter, at TLNDC. Uh, something I will continue to pump over the next couple of weeks. We're moving over to our brand spanking new YouTube page. Uh, the Leafs Nation 401 is where you can find it right now on YouTube and subscribe, like. A lot of our content starting to go up there as well. Uh, so I would certainly check that out. Um, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Certainly from that standpoint, um, you know, I, I would definitely go and check that out because a lot of our content 
will be there as we bring in finally we got pete jensen of nhl fantasy and nhl.com pete what is happening buddy what's up nick long time no see uh just recorded an episode of nhl fantasy on ice of course earlier today um looking forward uh to the week ahead in the nhl big matchup with isles and and the leafs that always brings out the uh, energy in the islanders you could say uh, whether it's this season beating the leafs earlier in the year or previous seasons it seems like they still have that grudge with Tavares so it's always a, a fun matchup good to be with you man thanks so much for coming on a lot of spice you're right um I think that you know and I mentioned it the intriguing thing about this game is like the Islanders are up against it what's going on with this team what were the uh, fire loo chance the other night I mean yeah it's it's like what you always say time to make a trade can anybody make a trade can Lou Lamorello make a trade? Will he make a trade? Um, based on the past few seasons, doesn't seem like he's going to make a big splash. They've come close to landing some big fish over the years. Like they were in the running for Panarin, the Rangers got him. They were in the running for Johnny Hockey, uh, them, the Flyers, the Blue Jackets. The Blue Jackets somehow got him over the Islanders. That's the lay of the land right now. So um, can they go out there and get a Timo Meyer? Do they want to risk mortgaging even more of their future to land a player like that just to try to compete here and now and squeak into the playoffs. I don't think the Islanders are doing much damage, even if they do make it on the back of Ilya Sorokin. Uh, clearly, he's been the bright spot of the team. He's the only chance that they have to make the playoffs at this rate because an early season offensive spark, right, with the hiring of Lane Lambert to replace Barry Trotz, that's tapered off significantly. This is once again a bottom 10 offense in the league, a bottom five power play. So that's the answer to your question. They need a sniper. They need a Timo Meyer, a Patrick Kane, a Vladimir Tarasenko uh, to get out of this mess right now. So that's where they stand. Yeah, I'm curious to see the urgency from this Islanders team tonight uh, because, uh, you know, again, that's the big story for me. It's not so much about John Tavares anymore. It's about the urgency, you know, coming out of the Islanders, the fact that they come into this game Three points out of a playoff spot. They beat the Maple Leafs back in November on November 21st, a 3-2 overtime win in that game. And they really, really need the two points. Ilya Sorokin, by the, by the way, will start this game against Ilya Samsonov. So uh, an all-Russian battle there. So John Tavares, um, I, I can't believe it, Pete, but the 10th outing for JT against the New York Islanders. Can you believe it's been five years and do people still hate this guy as much as they did when he left? A lot of them probably do. A lot of people are uh, bitter, right, for for different reasons, and uh, they blame they target a player like that. But um, I, I do think it's going to be a great matchup. They've played each other competitively. The Islanders have, you know, as much as the Leafs have Tavares and have been a successful regular season team, they haven't done much either. Uh, the Islanders have actually done better than them in the playoffs uh, those couple of years when they made the conference final. Leafs, of course, uh, we all know where they stand still looking for that playoff series victory first since 04. So yeah, when I look at Tavares, I still look at the big picture and from an Islander standpoint and kind of what the Leafs are hoping for more of, I mean, Tavares has had a great season. He's only a couple points off a point per game, but when you look big picture, five of his top six seasons at the NHL level in points per game were with the New York Islanders. So there was that one year where he had 88 points. Other than that, He's been below a point per game. So that's maybe, you know, with so much money being devoted to a player like that, he's a great player. Of course, the one year he got injured in the playoffs, it's like, 
that's always like, what if, what if he was playing? Maybe they wouldn't have lost to Montreal. Maybe they would have made the cup final that year when Montreal made it. But you, you have to look at the here and now and moving forward. They're going to need a lot from Tavares in the playoffs uh, to put them over the top. I, I think they're capable of that, but it's just, um, it's one of those things. We're all just still waiting to see it happen. So I should preface by saying, and again, we do the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast together, that we we both have hot takes on every podcast, including the preseason. Your big hot take last summer was the fact that you thought the Leafs were going to miss the Stanley Cup playoffs, which I think was fair. There was a lot of question marks, at least for me, when it came to their goaltending situation. I think Sheldon Keefe has done a phenomenal job with this team. Uh, the goaltending has been better than expected. How has your sort of mindset changed with this Leafs team? And to that point, do you think they have a legitimate shot at doing anything substantial in the Stanley Cup playoffs, especially if they have to play Tampa again in the first round? I mean, the biggest concerns I had were in the crease. And Matt Murray has yeah. had a bunch of games this year where he stood on his head. I mean, that's what they need. Matt Murray has the playoff pedigree. Ilya Samsonov, his playoff career has been pretty uh, limited because of different injuries and stuff like that in multiple seasons. But if these guys are healthy, they can work off of each other. Um, I, I think that it was important for the Leafs to to not fire Sheldon Keefe early in the season when they had that bad California road trip. They were patient and um, let's give them another crack at this thing. I mean, the, the Leafs have really turned it around and proven that they're an elite regular season team once again. So um, I'm a little concerned about their road play this season and some of their road losses. A lot of their most suspect losses this season have come to bad lottery teams on the road, right? They lost at Montreal twice, at Detroit, swept by the Coyotes, lost in overtime at the Sharks and the Ducks. I mean, those are almost a checklist of the worst teams in the NHL other than maybe Chicago and Philly, right, and Columbus. So um, that's a little bit of concern. But overall, I mean, I was wrong about the Leafs. You always try to look uh, beyond the hype of different teams and try to identify flaws. I do still think... You know, there are some flaws in this roster. And another big concern for me is like Morgan Riley is not producing up to his career track record or anything close to that. I know that an injury is involved, but these are things to keep in mind, like the health of Murray and Samsonov and Morgan Riley are paramount uh, because I don't think they can go far in the playoffs without two of those three guys being fully healthy. You're bang on. And again, it makes no sense how you can get up for games against Boston and Tampa and then really shit the bed, pardon, you know, better when it comes to teams like Montreal, like who had an AHL roster, Arizona, you lose twice to. And that's, I think yeah. that's the concerning part is that you see moments like that and you're like, oh no, how many times we've we seen that in the Stanley Cup playoffs? I watched it in Living Color against Montreal. I watched it against fucking Columbus. Like, I mean, it, it, it was just scary, you know. <laughs> the PTSD watching some of these games and then watching it come to fruition live on TV again on Saturday. But I think a lot of people were right in saying I was overreacting. I had to vent earlier on and I did. From a DFS standpoint, and again, you have an expertise, a knowledgeable expertise in, in daily fantasy, fantasy and betting. Um, the Maple Leafs, obviously there's a couple names we talked about a lot the last couple months, Pete, Michael Bunting, Kelly Yarncroke. I think there's the expectation Toronto could try to address that line with with Marner and Tavares a bit more, add somebody more bona fide, but there's some value, I think, in some of the depth pieces on the Leafs right now, right? Absolutely. I, I think that with their, um, you know, some of their depth players, secondary guys, Connor Timmins comes to mind as a guy that's just been so productive on a per game basis, 12 points in 18 games, three on the power play. 
Um, I've been looking at a couple of those different defensemen earlier in the year. It was Sandine, right, uh, heated up when when Riley was out. Now he's tapered off. It's been Timmins, uh, Lilligren prior to the injury and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think uh, that's one selling point about the Leafs this year. If those guys stay healthy, they do, and they still have Giordano. I know he's he's picked it up offensively of late. It seems like the Leafs have maybe more depth in the skater group offensively than they have in some of their playoff failures of the past. So that's a good thing, right, for uh, trying to change the script and have a different result at the end of the day. So, uh, yeah, that's some of the things I've been looking at, especially Timmins. And, yeah, Callie Yarncroft's been inconsistent, but when he's in the top six, yeah. uh, he could do some damage on any given night. Is there any futures value, in your opinion, on some awards for the Maple Leafs? Obviously, Austin Matthews, it's going to be tough to catch Connor McDavid, what he's putting together with the, with the Rocket. I think there's obviously a bit of value in Mitch Marner for the Hart Trophy. That's going to be a tough stretch. Is there anything you're looking at that could be some potential value with the Maple Leafs or just some guys are, are foregone conclusions already for awards? Yeah, I, I, I have a tough time seeing them land any of those awards. Uh, as far as Mitch Marner, I was just looking up uh, some stats on him. And yeah. he has at least a point in 41 of his 47 games. In terms of most games with at least a point in the NHL, it's a short list ahead of him. It's just Connor McDavid, and it's only slightly ahead of him. McDavid, 43 in 48 games. Marner, 41 in 47 games. So in terms of consistency, few have been better than Mitch Marner. I just, uh, on a team with Tavares and, and Matthews, I just, and Nylander has had a great season as well. I just feel like the narratives around the Maple Leafs are just, you know, get it done in the playoffs. And then the awards market that they could be involved in any of those guys I mentioned is the Conn Smythe if they, if they ultimately hoist the trophy. But to answer your question, I don't see much appeal in terms of uh, betting them to win any individual awards. Maybe Matt Murray, comeback player of the year, but that's not on the odds board usually. Yeah, the old Masterton, we love that award. But yeah, like I, I'm always careful, Pete, to tread when it comes to the Leafs and saying, oh, this is a different team. Because I, I go and say that, and then they do that against Montreal. Like Rem Pitlick, really? Right. Raphael Har Harvey Pinard was skating circles against Austin Matthews. And I, I understand it's a game in mid-January, but I don't know how you can't get up. And I know Samuel Montembeau, who we talked about in the Fantasy Podcast today, was really, really good in that game. But to that point, I just don't see teams like Boston. They took care of San Jose on Sunday. Like teams like that who are legitimate, legitimate contenders in my world never seem to blip the way the Leafs do because they can't get out of their own way. Like when they lose, they lose embarrassingly. And and we saw it again against Montreal. To wrap, um, you know, we've been laughing here on the show and my co-host Jay Rosal isn't here today, as you know. But we've been laughing for like a month. We we know who the Leafs are playing in the first round. It's going to be a rematch with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I would put probably 99% it happens. What's your read on a potential rematch here? I know the Leafs had them on the ropes last year, but everybody always seems to have Tampa on the ropes. And Vasilevsky's like, no, I'm Mariano Rivera. Here's my cutter. Try and hit it. You're not hitting it. So what would your read be right now, assuming healthy rosters and all that stuff between Tampa and Toronto? I mean, it would be another very tight series. I think that... Toronto would have the edge and the depth, which could help them break through if they get to game six or seven again and get a lead and they need that clinching goal. That was the problem last year. They just couldn't find it in the big spots. I think they have guys on their third defense pair, on their third line at even strength in the forward group that could help them finish the job this season if they play Tampa again. Tampa, of course, doesn't have 
nearly as much depth. Uh, Hagel's been a great story for them, but he's a product of Kucherov and Point on the top line. It's not like he's doing that damage on the third line. So that's my concern with Tampa. But of course, the bread and butter for them, like they've had a great season from Sergachev. They have Victor Hedman. The Leafs don't have one defenseman, including Riley when he's healthy. Uh, that matches up to either of those two guys, in my opinion. And then even with the surprise story of the Leafs goaltending, uh, Vasilevsky stands far superior to either of those guys, even on their best days. So I would lean again with a very tight matchup, six or seven games if they play each other. And I would lead with the Tampa Bay Lightning, but um, the Leafs do have the depth to to be able to combat them a little bit more than they did last year. Yeah, not to mention the competition we think will formulate over the next little while leading into March 3rd. You'd have to think Tampa Toronto will be involved in the same type of players. And I just wonder who Tampa is going to fleece this time around. Last year was Hagel mm -hmm. and, and Nick Paul. And we we all know the incredible, incredible pipeline of Julian Brisebois. The last couple of years, uh, Pete, this has been a lot of fun. Again, a reminder all to check out the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast. Subscribe, like, leave us a review. Just show us some love, right, Pete? Yeah, definitely. We always have good times on that show. A lot of great guests that cover fantasy, season-long, DFS, betting, and general puck talk, right? Like today, we talked so yeah. much about the Vancouver Canucks coaching change, which players will benefit, um, what's the long-term trajectory, what should they do in the offseason. We get to all of that. So if you're looking for something to cover all 32 teams, their prospects, their lineups across the board to complement your great Leafs show for the hometown team. Definitely look no further than Fantasy on Ice. But thanks for having me on, buddy. No worries. The number one fantasy hockey podcast on the planet. That is Pete Jansen. Thanks so much, Pete. Thanks, Nick. Great stuff as always. <laughs> Had to get that in there. Yes, the number one fantasy hockey podcast, NHL Fantasy on Ice with yours truly and Pete Jansen. So make sure to check that out. Just reading the chat as well, when Gio and Yarncroke are the only goal scorers for us, there is an issue. Tim, you're bang on in that assessment, which leads us to the wrap-up, it's brought to you by our friends at Points Back Canada. Here we go for another week of some bets and to try to make you some coin here. Uh, we'll start with this one. The John Tavares revenge game. Leafs and the uh, New York Islanders, the 10th time it's happening. Give me a JT assist, looking at plus 150 for John Tavares to pick up at least one assist against his former mates. The body work isn't impressive, by the way. He's played nine career games against the Islanders, three goals, two assists. Having said that, I believe he picked up an apple earlier this season when he played the Islanders. He has six helpers in the last seven games as the captain of the Maple Leafs, John Tavares. And he, he's been incredible this season. So I'm going to ride the, uh, the John Tavares train. Um, I love the revenge narrative, too. So give me John Tavares. Anytime assists here against the New York Islanders. Uh, the Maple Leafs now 5-3-2 and two in the month of January. Again, Jay Rosso is going to be back on the show tomorrow. Uh, one thing to monitor today, Dr Dryden Hunt uh, was placed on waivers on Sunday. We'll see if he passes. And like I said it at the time, the Malgin for the Hunt trade was, I understand you want to see what you have in Dryden Hunt, but he's been a guy who's been a waivers for like several years now. It was to open up a roster spot, in my opinion, in time for the trade deadline. And I think they were successful in that. So we'll see if Hunt does play another game for the late uh, Leafs at some point. Pontus Holmberg recalled, so look for him to potentially be back in the lineup here for the Leafs. Um, and many thanks again to Pete Jensen. Uh, it's always an intriguing conversation when the New York Islanders visit Scotiabank Arena. Tonight is no different. The first of a five-game homestand for the Maple Leafs. So we'll leave it at that. Uh, many thanks to uh, everybody who posted here in the YouTube chat, Tim specifically. Uh, he was disappointed, as was I, with that loss to the Montreal Canadiens on Saturday. Just really, really sour feel. And 
you guys know watching this show for the last couple months, I get really, really sour when they lose to shit teams. And there's no other way to put it. I'm not sugarcoating things. They lost to a shit team, more so a roster that wasn't really NHL ready. They were American Hockey Leaguers, and they still found a way to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. But I'll, I'll, I'll break it down. I'll decompress. It's 1 of 82, and I'll look forward to this five-game homestand starting tonight with the Maple Leafs hosting the New York Islanders. So we'll, uh, we'll recap everything coming up tomorrow. Jay Rosso is going to be back in the mix. We have to get some 411, some stories on his trip to Vegas. So that's what we'll talk next. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Take care. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.